Welcome to The Show and Go with Jimmy and Drew on SEN. Hello and welcome to The Show and Go with Jimmy and Drew. At the moment, we're just trying to work out some audio issues with Jimmy's mic. Here he is. He's back. I'm back. Here we are. Welcome to The Show and Go. This is your host, Jimmy Galvin, here, Rugby Tragic with Drew Mitchell. Three Rugby World Cups, I think you went to, Drew. Oh, mate, it's not about that. That's all in the past for me. But what about you, mate? What uh, has your weekend been? It's been good so far, Drew. I, I, I uh, was mentioning to you earlier, I went out for a delicious French meal last night. Did you? I did. What, I did. Did, you, what did you indulge? I had escargot. I had, yeah, I went with the snails. And Drown, drowned in garlic. That, well, that's the only way to have them, isn't it? <laughs> Pretty uh, much. And, and um, a, a great steak tartare. Um, and Bouffe tartare. Bouffe tartare. Come on, mate, if you're going to do it, do it properly. And, look, I didn't live in France for four years, Drew. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, and a French Malbec, and, and I know that's quite contentious. Yeah, I, I think I'm pretty sure Malbec's from Argentina. They're a grape. They can grow all sorts of places. Mm. Yeah, Champagne only comes from the Champagne region in France Okay Drew, well I'm, I'm going to leave that one with you How was your weekend? Mate, it's been packed with footy uh, Friday night called the, um, the Super Rugby And kicked that off And then flew up to Brisbane last night To, to be on the on the sideline of the Fiji and, and uh, Fijian and Drua and, mm. and the Reds game So early flight back down this morning 6am flight out of Brizzy And Straight into, uh, straight into here, and then also straight off afterwards to Leichhardt to to commentate the uh, the Waratahs and the Western Force. That, it's, it's that's a full book. It's, it's a full book. That is right. overworked and underpaid. You're that looking is. you're looking fresh as a daisy, I must say. Tell yeah, I've gone what. with a new approach. Just come in fresh. Okay, okay. Well, it's working for you so far. Well, we've got a massive show today on the show and go. We've got head coach Darren Coleman of the New South Wales Waratahs calling in for a bit of a chat ahead of their game against the Western Force today. Uh, we've also got Sarah Naguama from uh, the New South uh, New South Wales Waratahs Super W side uh, to, to look into the double header that's going on at Leichhardt as well. Now, if you want to ask a couple of questions to our guests coming in, feel free to shoot a text on 0457 736 736. That's 0457. 0457- Five seven seven three six seven three six. Now that takes us to our tight five, Mr. Drew Mitchell. Our top five stories in rugby at the moment, kicking off with Michael Checker confirmed as the Argentina head coach. Yeah, confirmed uh, overnight in the World Rugby uh, Instagram page, as well as Michael Checker's official Instagram page as well. But yeah. uh, so he's he's taking up the reins uh, leading into next year's World Cup twenty twenty three for the Argentina Los Pumas side, uh, which I, I think is a great appointment. Um, a lot of Michael Checker's success has come with teams that are under a bit of pressure and aren't performing. He did it with Stade Francais, did it with Leinster, took them to titles, did it with the Waratahs when he came uh, here to, to New South Wales and, and took the reins there. Also, when he took over the Wallabies, we weren't performing anywhere near where we should have been and took us to a, a World Cup final, albeit we, we lost that final. But I, I find that he's at his best in just shaking things up and turning things around for a team that aren't performing anywhere near they are, where they should be, and that's the Argentinian side at the moment. Is language going to be a barrier for him? I know he's worked <laughs> no. in there, but it, it, it must no, be no, as he a he speaks the language. Oh, he does? Oh, mate, he, he's multilingual. He, he speaks um, Lebanese, French, um, Spanish, English. Wow. Yeah. What about yourself, Drew? Uh, just uh, English and the language of love. <laughs> <laughs> Good and body you. language. And they're, they're, body my la- three. <laughs> they're my three. They're my three. <laughs> well, you've always got very positive body language, mate. Yeah, Thank you. I'm I big on that. that. Yeah, you are. You are. Yeah. And um, that, I suppose next one up on our uh, on our tight five, 
Rugby Australia are vying for the first game at the newly built SFS later in the year. Now, that's a big story. It's a big story. It's cheeky. It's cheeky, cheeky. from Rugby Australia. Yeah, very cheeky. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's going to be... It's going to be one that everyone wants to host, right? Rugby League will want to have it. Uh, Rugby Union will have it. I'm, I'm sure probably, I'm not sure in terms of scheduling, A-League might even throw their hat in the ring, but yeah. that'll get thrown out pretty quickly, I'd imagine. <laughs> um, so, But, I, you know, I mean, I think the Wallabies were a genuine chance to, to step up and, and how good would that be? The first game ever to be played at the, the new SFS Stadium to be a Wallaby game. So, Absolutely. Um, look, there's a fair bit to, to happen before that gets confirmed, but uh, we're, we're in with a shot. Yeah, that, that'll be incredible once that stadium opens up. I think, yeah, obviously not just for the first game, but then ongoing, just that sort of precinct and the ability to kind of walk up to Oxford Street and the yeah. Paddington bars yeah. and that type of thing as well to create an atmosphere that, um, you know, it's almost like a destination. You go there and you can enjoy it rather than how difficult it's been in some of the other uh, test venues that we've played in. It's it's something that I'm going to ask Darren Coleman a little later today and and he must be looking forward to having a home ground and, and just seeing how difficult that must be for the Waratahs. I know Leichhardt is their, you know, adopted home home ground this year, but having that new stadium must be huge on, on their list. Oh, you'd imagine so. I mean, we speak about it so often with other teams and their fortress and how strong it is for them and how hard it is for uh, visiting teams to go and play there. But a lot of that's built around fan base and how much... They love going there and supporting their team at that stadium as well. So this one is it's prime for New South Wales Waratahs supporters and Wallaby supporters to really get behind their team. And then off the back of that, that sort of support then can really create that type of fortress, um, you know, hostile environment for opposing teams to yeah, play. Yeah, it, it, it will uh, attract some bigger crowds and uh, it will be a great experience out there, which leads us to our next point, a doubleheader, a Waratahs doubleheader this afternoon. Now that is the stuff dreams are made of. That oh, Leichhardt Oval, Sunday afternoon footy. The curtain raiser being the men's, Super Rugby Pacific, the Waratahs versus the Force, and then into the main game, the Super W game with the ladies going around. So a big afternoon of footy um, and two two games that will be pretty hotly contested. Absolutely. It's a big game for the Tars, and we're going to touch on that one later. It's a, it's a bit of a must win. It's a, they're, they're gathering some points at the moment. They're not looking too bad on the table. But this is a big game. Yeah, they need to, they just need to start notching up some wins. They've been competitive in all their matches, and they've they've um, you know that Reds game they probably should have won, um, but they didn't. And this is now an opportunity for them to actually put a full eighty minute performance together against a really gritty Western Force side that will also be chasing that win as well. Next up on our top five. Six Nations. Let's have a look overseas. There was a big round of uh, rugby last night. Ireland getting over England. Um, yeah, look- this was this was big. Uh, Eddie Jones's men, the English side. The, the English actually, um, they got a red card, I think 80 seconds into the game, mm. which obviously has a pretty big influence on the outcome of the game. But the, the English were, were look, they, 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 were, they were brave, that had yeah. to be said. But in the end, having that, such a long period of time, being down a man, the Irish end up over, overcoming them and, and were too strong. Uh, but it sets up a pretty, pretty um, interesting finale weekend of the Six Nations. Well, yeah, England, France to for France to get the Grand Slam, the Six Nations yeah, Grand Slam. First time in a long time. I think it's twelve years. Or so, yeah, is it? yeah, yeah. And um, that's that's going to be a huge game. And I don't think the English will go down without a fight there. Yeah. So both the Irish and the French are still uh, chances to win the Six Nations. And like you say, if France go through and beat England, then they get the Grand Slam and they'll get they'll take the lot. They're looking really good at the moment. They didn't. Their performance against Wales wasn't their best, but they won a they won an ugly game. And sometimes you've got to you've got to win ugly to to win championships. And that's probably one that they they they'll just sort of notch up onto that category. 
Uh, but they'll that'll be a, it'll be a fierce game. The French performance. They don't like each other, England and France. Oh no, on, on oh, all no. levels. No. Well, I like French cuisine, and I think I've made that loud and clear. <laughs> Mate, yeah, you've made it really loud and clear today. Just oh, I'm still full from last night. Oh, here we I go. Ate too much bread. Oh, Drew, I didn't think you were going to bring that on air, but that's <laughs> fine. I, I am still, and, and I am still full from last night. There is too much bread involved in that, but it was delicious nonetheless. <laughs> and the last one for the the top five, uh, the tie five is uh, Izzy Parisi signing on again with Rugby WA. Oh, sorry, Rugby Australia and Waratahs. Yeah, but it's not just Izzy. It's it's and there's a number of players now signing on, which is is great for all fans of of rugby in, uh, in Australia. Yeah, but then also you know the respective um, Super Rugby teams. What a, what a prospect he is. He's, he's hard running. He he looks like he's just added so much to that Waratahs outfit. And he there was talk that uh, Wayne Bennett over at the, the new Dolphins franchise in the NRL was trying to snag yeah. him. And, and I think that's a big win for Rugby Australia to have headlines like that, that no one, I'll be staying here in rugby. Yeah, well, I mean, is he, he played a bit of rugby and then was lured, I think, by Wayne Bennett to the Broncos a, a number of seasons ago when Wayne was there. I don't think he got an opportunity to play under him. Um, he was then let go from the Broncos and then we snatched him back from rugby league and he's just seems to be really comfortable, uh, in on and off the field. Um, and you know, when someone like Wayne Bennett's chasing you, uh, you know, you've got to, you've got to at least consider it. And I'm sure he would have done probably more than that. Uh, but for us in terms of rugby Australia and and the Waratahs to sign him, that's a big coup for for, um, for us moving forward. Well, that is our tight five uh, for this Saturday on the show and go. Guys, if you want to ask a couple of questions. Sorry, Jimmy. It's Sunday, mate. Oh, is it? <laughs> is it really? Thanks, Drew. If you want to ask a couple of questions uh, and on the show we've, to Darren Coleman, to Sarah Naguama, who are coming on later, feel free to shoot us a text to 0457 736 736. We'll be back after the break with the Super Rugby Wrap. Time now for the Super Rugby Wrap on the show and go. Oh, and welcome back to the Super Rugby Wrap on the show and go with Jimmy Galvin, myself, and Drew Mitchell. Now, Drew, it has been a stellar round of Super Rugby so far. It's not even over yet, but tell you what, some exciting rugby. Kicking, yeah. off, kicking off with the, the Blues Highlanders. Plenty of good footy. Yeah, the Blues uh, overcame the Highlanders 32-20. Blues are sharp. Bodum, yeah. <clears throat> excuse yeah. me, Bowden Barrett's first start at number 10. Uh, so they just like, they lose a threat in Roger Tuivasa-Shek and they bring in Bowden Barrett starting yeah, side. They're looking good. They're not too bad, right? And then you've got Caleb Clark who's in some fine form on the on the wing as well as Mark Talia as well. Um, so they've got threats right across the board. And I don't know. I mean, it's been a while since the Blues have been the 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 the, the, the form team, the flag bearers of the New Zealand franchises. But everyone sort of seems to want them to get back to that. Yeah, and yeah. they've never really sort of fulfilled. At least the the potential that we think they have. Yeah, it's a, maybe, it's a strong forward pack. That maybe this got is the, the foundations year, for. but also a good ten, a good yeah, solid ten in, yeah. in Bowden Barrett as well. So and and Caleb Clark to finish on the end. He had a couple of disallowed tries in the end, um, and and at the start of the game was over the line before Aaron Smith knocked the ball out of his hands. Those ones are coach but, killers, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, look, he's got plenty of plenty to prove as well. Remember, he was the starting uh, wing for the All Blacks, chose to try and make the squad for the sevens for Tokyo, um, the Olympic team. It was the extra man there, but then also as, as a result of him going to the sevens, lost his spot in the All Blacks squad. So he's got plenty to play for this year. And look, he's in good form, um, had a couple disallowed, but... I mean, I, looking dangerous. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be liking to stand yeah. opposite him, <laughs> marking him these days. Who, who in your career, was someone that you would liken to Caleb Clark, that sort of Jonah Lomu oh. style figure that you had to play against? Maybe Julian Savia. Yeah, 
Yeah, like when he was in his in top form. Look, he's still in good form now, but um, when he first came on to the scene, he was good. But I mean, I've always said my toughest opponent was Joe Rockathoko because he just had the full book. He he could and did gas me, <laughs> step me, bump me, and chip me. So he just had like the full catalog, which meant I was just I was I was I was a nervous wreck. Well, I mean, uh, uh, gassing you, I don't think is too much of an achievement. I th- I'm pretty sure I beat you in a running race at the SCG not too long ago. Your, your nose is hitting the, the microphone because it's growing, <laughs> Pinocchio. Uh, and then look, the next game was the Brumbies versus the Rebels. Brumbies sharp and class, like pretty classy, clinical. They look drilled. Yeah, they look well I mean, drilled. Probably not so much for the first 15 minutes, but once they found their rhythm, then it was the Brumbies that we've come to know and expect uh, from them. The Rebels, I'm concerned. I'm concerned. I, we said it last week. Yeah. And the concern grows. Okay, so Matt Tamua, I'm sorry, he is looking cold at the moment. He is just looking lost out there. And I saw an article come out that the Melbourne Rebels bosses came out and said, we need more from our Wallaby stars and they know it. Yeah, I mean, look, Matt Tolmoor's not been in the greatest form in, you know, probably to his his own standards. Reese Hodge as well has had a pretty indifferent start to the season. So guys like that, Matt Phillip, these guys have really got to step up because mm. there's a number of young fellas that are, are getting their opportunity with the Rebels and they need these leaders to be leading from the front with actions. And oh, look, I just think at the moment the coaching's probably an issue. Kevin Foote, like it's his, I mean, it's four weeks into to his tenure as the head coach of the Rebels, but... I just said it from the start. They had three months to, to bank your starting 10. They went with Carter Gordon round one, dropped him after one round. Dropped him flat. And he's got a few things he needs to iron out. I think he, he plays really flat, which I like when the ball's quick, but he probably plays too laterally. He's still creeping across the field a little bit too much. He came on and he added something when he came on on the weekend, but probably a little bit too laterally. But then I just think Matty Pup uh, Tamor is just sitting too deep. And it's just allowing a structured defensive unit like the Brumbies just to have all the time in the world to just drift off and then nullify any threats. Do you think that's a confidence issue with the head knocks he's had? Uh, look, I'd be. This is just a, an opinion from the outside. I think maybe, maybe from the times where he's had some real issues with concussions, he's probably playing a little bit deeper and not going to the line as much. Um, but that, that'd be something for him to answer. I don't know. That's just probably more of an observation from what I see. But, I mean, I don't know if you can, you know, can you blame him when you've got head yeah. knocks as well? Yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe it's a subconscious thing. I'm not too sure. But whatever it is, I also just think around just their decision-making. At the back end of that game, the the Brumbies suffered two yellow cards. They're two props in the, the dying stage. Look, the game was lost anyway. They weren't going to come back and win, but they were still trying to score a try. Mm. And they just kept tapping and going. Yeah. To a def- like a defensive unit of the Brumbies that was solid. If you've got if you're going up against a team that's just lost two front rowers, then why wouldn't you call for a scrum? Yeah. I-, I understand the two the sub- substitute uh, front rowers will come back on. It's a bit panicked, but, but they've just been sitting there cold, so they're coming on cold to defend us, like to, to pack a scrum that's going to you know defend uh you know your your try line as well as having two short in the scrum mm. off the back because mm. you you would imagine two back rowers or maybe a blind wing, but either way. There's going to be space there. Yeah. And they didn't find it by just tapping and going and just trying to bludgeon the, the Brumbies defensive line. So concern, not just with um, their attack and the way they're playing, but decision-making. Yeah. Across the board, there's concern. Well, another concern is the amount of games that the Moana Pacifica team have missed. Another postponed game with the Hurricanes uh, over this weekend due to a COVID scare in the Hurricanes camp. Yeah. Now... 
I think that's three matches. Yeah, they've only played one from the four rounds, which is, uh, yeah, look, it's tough. It's, it's Especially for a new team coming in to find your How rhythm. are they going to make these, these games up? So they've announced they're going to play some uh, midweek games moving forward. I think maybe in April they're going to play um, the, a couple against the Blues in one week, I think, um, just to try and catch up some of these games. But when already depth is probably an issue for a brand new team, it's going to be tested even yeah. more so when you're, you're playing back catch-up back games. And, yeah, back. So not ideal, especially when you look at the other um, new team in Fijian and Drew and, and how well they're going. They won, got their first win last week. They pushed the Reds last night, which we'll, we'll touch on. But they've almost, you know, in terms of the two new teams, probably got a bit of a head start in that regard because they're playing all their games and they're able to build week to week. Yeah, I think they've been pretty impressive. I'll tell you who was also impressive was uh, the Chiefs over the Crusaders. Wow. Everyone has you know, tip the Crusaders to take this out and kind of stroll through this competition potentially. Yeah. Not last night. A close game, a great game. Good to see the Chiefs get over the Crusaders personally. Well, the Crusaders have been on a 10-game winning streak and the team that beat them before that were the Chiefs. Yeah. So in recent times, you'd have to argue that the Chiefs kind of have have their measure or at least a little bit of a bogey team for them. And the Crusaders are up 21-10 with five to play. And the Chiefs come in to score two converted tries. Poor Hippie to score after the 80, 80th minute to, um, to to win the game for for the Chiefs and and beat the Crusaders. It was impressive. Does that say something about the New Zealand sides stepping up in those final ten minutes? They seem to find a way to finish. Look, it's it's finding a way. It's staying in the fight. It's it's grinding it out. It's it's putting yourself in a position where you can do that, right? And yeah. um, arguably, you could say, well. Crusaders, very un-Crusader-like to lose a game from that position as well. Yeah. Um, so they wouldn't be happy with that. But, uh, you know, sometimes you need a little bit of a wake-up like that to to, to kick-start. Almost maybe they poke the bear. Now that we yeah, might get yeah, the Crusaders that we just don't want that's a in weeks moving forward. That's a concern. Yeah. Well, the other game last night uh, was the Reds 33 over the Drua 28. We've got the highlights here for you now. He's a forward, but look at him go! Drew it in space, and he lined it up down the left. I don't think they'll get him. They won't get a hand on him. On Bossy! The hands! Now, Arush! A lightning strike in time. Drew, you were up there last night at Suncorp Stadium. Yep. What was it like? It sounded, I mean, from those highlights, it sounded like it was going off. Yeah, look, it was amazing. It was a really good atmosphere. The the, the Super W started the the, the afternoon's action uh, with Fiji Arna Ndrua against the Reds and then uh, the Reds against Fiji Ndrua. And, look, there was plenty of Fijian supporters as well as plenty of Red supporters. Look, they've, they've been doing it pretty tough up there with the with the floods and the disaster. And this is almost the first opportunity for them to come out and support their team and, and perhaps just get a bit of a distraction from what's going on. And so everyone came with some real in, enthusiasm and, and energy to, to Suncorp last night. And then it was um, rewarded with a really good game of footy. I, I tell you what was a big talking point out of that. And I know you and I talk both on and off air about this. Jordan Pattaya, yep, coming in at fifteen for his first start at fifteen for the Queensland Reds. I've got to say that was a pretty impressive performance. 
Yeah, it really was. Uh, look, it was basically a straight swap from Jock Campbell and, and Jordan Pattaya, just so um, Jordan went to fullback and Jock shifted to the wing. And I think in some ways it probably suits them a little bit more in the way they play because Jordan is great. He's an athlete. He's probably one of the best athletes we've seen for a long time when he gets the ball. Yeah. The trouble has been getting him the ball or getting him off his wing to go and find the ball. So maybe naturally he just doesn't do that. So putting him in a position like fullback already automatically puts him in a position where he's going to be involved more often. Yeah. And straight from that, the opening try that we saw, we saw him in a situation that we haven't seen anywhere near enough of. Jordan Pataya in full flight in it, space. Yeah, interjecting into the line, yeah. playing confidently. I, I, I know you, you speak body language. Yeah. You must have seen Jordan Pataya's body language look like a different person out there last night. Look, absolutely. Like, it was just, and also just his intent to get involved and he was going around and he was, in, like he was, he was hitting rucks, he was stepping up at first receiver. Um, the one thing that he probably didn't get as much of an opportunity to do was counterattack because <laughs> Fijian and Drew just don't kick you the ball that often. So that's, that's probably going to be the next development um, for, for all of us in terms of to see him uh, get that first pass from the wing in, in counterattack, make the decisions and then back himself or whatever he might want to do from, from that situation. So, look, there was a lot to like. And I think also you didn't lose much from having Jock Campbell on the wing either because, you know, we spoke to Brad Thorne on the sideline afterwards and, he, you know, he spoke really highly of Jock Campbell. It's not that he's not, not being doing his job at, uh, at fullback, but it's it was a, a, a position that Jordan wanted to play in and uh, Brad Thorne thought it was the right time to give him a crack. There was there was a uh, little period where there were three yellow cards there. Thirty it was, seconds. In th- it, was, yeah. it was quite farcical how much the game stopped to have to deal with that. Well, it, look, it was three incidents in one f- well phase of play that they had to keep going back and checking, and it just meant that the actual half of footy, the first half, whilst it's forty minutes on the clock, the first half went for fifty-seven minutes. So there's a lot of play where we're sitting there and reviewing things and whatever else. Look, I'm empathetic towards the referees because I think what they're doing is just playing out the processes yeah. of world rugby. Yeah. I think it's the issues, the laws, and the way that they're, the, they're worded that are the issue. And it means that these – look, because the referees are also getting judged on performance. They want to get higher selected, selected as well, as well yeah. for Six Nations and Rugby Championship, World Cup around the corner. So they have to perform what they, from what their coaches want to see uh, from them. So uh, for me, the issue is world rugby, not – not the the referees out there in the middle of the field. Well said, Drew. Well said. Well, we will be back after the news and we'll have Waratahs head coach Darren Coleman to preview the Waratahs versus Force this afternoon. Stick with us on the show and go. Welcome back to the show and go on SEN with Jimmy and Drew. Now we are joined by a special guest, Waratahs head coach Darren Coleman. Darren, welcome to the show and go. Hello, boys. How are we in there? Oh, doing well, mate. Doing well. Happy Sunday morning to you. It's a big one for you today. Happy game day. Yeah, thanks for joining us on game day, mate. No dramas. Always have a chat to you two fellas. Mate, I, I just want to kick things off firstly. Um, when you were appointed head coach of the Waratahs, uh, you spoke quite um, emotionally about how this has been a, a dream job for you. Uh, how, how's it been since you've come back from the LA Giltinis and, and taken up the reins of the Waratahs? Like, how, how have you enjoyed being the head coach of the Waratahs so far? Yeah, it definitely was. Obviously, I'd uh, been around the traps for a while, so... Uh to get the opportunity to coach my own own state and be head coach of a Super Rugby program was something I'd, I'd sort of aspired to and, and look forward to. Being back in it now, a bit of work in it. Jeez, um, <laughs> <laughs> I did dream to begin with, but uh, you know it's uh, it's challenging. Obviously, a, a different step up in level for me, and with that comes obviously a lot more responsibility, which I'm aware of, and 
And probably the biggest shock or the biggest change has been the number of people you need to manage. Um, big staff, boards, sponsors, media, all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, how so, many of us have opinions? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, DC, is, who, who has impressed you most out of the Waratahs squad so far since taking them on? Some good kids there, isn't there? Like they're uh, they're all good. They're all great blokes. Like they're really good. Uh, I didn't build that. They were already a good bunch of blokes that got on well well before I got there. Um, and they're just all such hard workers. Like the young professional rugby player these days. Like they're so committed and, and so dedicated to the cause. It's it's ridiculous. The days of Drew carrying on are sort of long past. <laughs> I reckon um, they are. No, they're good uh, on the field and. All around, um, probably the guys getting the most raps at the moment. I think is Will Harris, our big number eight. Yep, yep. He's uh, he's doing some good things. He's a uh, he's a prototype, isn't he? He's like six four, hundred and twelve kilos, runs nine and a half meters a second. Like he's a he's a big athletic kid, um, and start to now sort of feel comfy in Super Rugby and, and get tougher in how he plays, and that's starting to come through in his performance. He's been good. Yeah. Um, Obviously, Parisi's been dynamic at 13. He's, he's a beast, that guy. When he great great to have him re-signed, I bet, DC. Yeah, it's good, mate. We're having some really good wins with that now. Like, all the boys we want to keep are we're right into either committed or in the final throws of their contract. So, yeah, it's always a good, a good thing when your best players hey, uh, show that faith and stick around. So, Darren, one of the one of the biggest takeouts I've had, I suppose, looking from afar into any team that you've coached, whether it be the Wiringa Rats when you took it out, Gordon when you took it out, the Giltinis when you took it out, everywhere you go, culture seems to be at the forefront of your teams. Are you finding that uh, any different in a setup like the Waratahs, and and uh, is that still front of mind for you when you when you bring that to a rugby team? Yeah, it's um. Yeah, it is, obviously. Um, I, I think I'd confess, and people would play it under me, I'm probably not the strongest technical or tactical coach. I've got always had good assistants that sort of helped me in that area. Um, but I reckon, yeah, use the word culture, I guess, is a bit of a buzzword these days. But I think if you've got good team harmony and good team spirit and, and your boys care about what they're doing and care about each other... And and the cause it, it generally sort of lends itself to you getting close to your maximum, and if you're close to your maximum, your chance of winning. I reckon. Mate, we mentioned earlier it is game day for you this afternoon, taking on the Force out at Leichhardt Oval, two o'clock kickoff. Uh, what are you expecting from the Western Force today? Should be a good game, I reckon. <clears throat> Sorry, uh, afternoon footy. We haven't had an Arvo game yet. Um, uh, it's looking like it's going to be dry which the Sydney siders would be happy with. I reckon it should be a good afternoon out there at Leichhardt on the hill. So come along and have a few tinnies, and I reckon you'll get to see um, a good open game of footy. The Force are a bit like us. They're a high-passing team. They've been involved in good open games so far this year. So uh, i got a feeling it's going to be a really good uh, open-running rugby. Who, who's your danger man from for the Force that you've got eyes on uh, as you lead into this one? Oh, geez. Um, there's, there's some good players across the park there. The two wingers pretty sharp. Tony Pulu's fast, and they've got the big Fijian, who's been a handful. Um, they've been dangerous. Um, Kyle Goodwin's always good on his feet. He's one to watch. Um, but yeah, they're well drilled. They're, they're a well drilled team, well coached by, <coughs> excuse me, by Timmy Sampson. So 
no, it'll be a it'll be a good day for footy, I reckon. And and we've got uh, the Super W girls out there after as well, which is exciting. So plenty of rugby down at Leichhardt Oval this afternoon. DC, before I let you go, have you got a message for our listeners and the Tars fans uh, while we've got you here going into the the rest of the season? Yeah, I guess uh, at the risk of sounding like a salesman, I guess our early season plan was to get. I know there was a bit of stench around the, the team, and obviously they didn't perform well last year. And I was just hoping in the first part of the season that we'd play with a heart and passion that, that people wanted to support us. And I think we've done that. We've been playing tough. Probably haven't been playing as well as we'd like. We've, we've had a couple of close losses, but we're in the fight. So, um, yeah, we'd really like to, to think the New South Wales and Sydney public will get back behind us because uh, it's a great sport. And I understand it's, it's had its troubling times, but... Um, yeah, you've got a bunch of boys there that are ripping in hard for the course. Absolutely, and I think it's very very much noted that the guys this year are playing with a lot of heart and there definitely has been change. Go well today, DC. We're behind you here in Sydney and uh, good luck for today. Good on you, boys. Thanks, Thanks mate. Thanks to Darren Coleman there, the head coach of the New South Wales Waratahs, taking the time on game day, and you can watch his Waratahs at from, from 2pm on Stan Sport with Drew Mitchell. I believe you're commentating that yeah, one. Yeah, commentating that this afternoon. Another big afternoon of footy. How good? Another big afternoon of footy and another big morning on the show and go. Joining us after the break, we're doing the Super W Wrap, and we've also got Sarah Naguama joining us for a chat as well. See you then. Listening to the show and go with Jimmy and Drew on SEN. Fans of Super W, and it is an exciting competition this year. Last night we saw the Brumbies and Rebels draw, and it was a big deal for the uh, Rebels women's. Look, it was, it was massive. You could see straight away um, once they sealed the draw right at the end there, uh, they had to step up and get the conversion to seal the draw. It was almost like they'd won the game because they've been so far away from the Brumbies in previous seasons. But for them, a draw was as good as a win on this occasion. So good to see the growth in the, in the Rebels girls. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, good to see how competitive, competitive it was uh, on Friday night. Absolutely. And then we also saw Fijiana, Fijiana and Drua, mm. uh, they smoked the Reds. Yeah, look, we, we, we heard some whispers that they are going to be a bit of a concern coming into this competition, uh, knowing how good they were. They wiped the Rebels last week 66-5, to and then a well-fancied Reds team just didn't have enough to, no. to hold them off. And That's a good That's a convincingly, good Reds team. Yeah, as convincingly well. as well. Um, yeah, they beat them before the Super Rugby Pacific game. So the Fijiana... Up against the Waratahs, when that happens, that's going to that's going to be a huge, huge game. I'll be getting down to that one. That will be yeah. that will be a bruising battle. Well, to help us work through the Super W at the moment, we have Sarah Naguama on the line. Welcome, Sarah. Morning, fellas. Good to be here. Uh, pleasure to have you here as well, uh, Sarah. Jimmy Galvin here. Firstly, thank you for the Instagram follow this morning. Um, it was it was noted. <laughs> not, uh, I, I, I was showing it off to Drew, but just just on Drew. How is it working with him on Channel 9? I'm, I've got a couple of concerns here in the studio, but if you can help me, um, yeah, any advice? Drew, Drew is a, um, Drew is a character. He definitely keeps things light when we're on set. Um, I didn't actually know a great deal about him before I started working with Sam, but I remember our first game that we went together, he was talking to me about um, Uber Eats and that there's a secret menu on KFC and from that moment <laughs> I knew we were going to be great pals and he certainly do it on that so far. Look, Sarah was really, really quite nervous on the first uh, the first time we were on, and she was trying to talk about a team saying they had great success. <laughs> Do you remember that, Sarah? 
twice she was trying to talk about this team having great success, but just, um, yeah. I don't know, couldn't get it out and just just said that this team had great sex. <laughs> Not once, but like, and it was the most embarrassing thing because the camera was on me. I was like, it was a single frame, but I could see across the, the couch that Drew was in absolute speeches, was over laughing. And um, a bit of context is because I read my first, like, troll DM just before we went uh, back on Ethel. You never read rattles. those. Um, but then, you know, clearly my mind was in a different place as well, which is a bit embarrassing. <laughs> well, let's talk about the footy. Uh, Sarah, we understand that you're injured at the moment, but how close are you, or how's that going and how close are you to getting out there for the Waratahs? Yeah, I've been um, noticing a bit of a bruised, um, some bruised burning in my left ankle, but we've come out of rehab and next week I'll actually be available for selection. It's nice. been pretty hard to watch the girls from the sideline, um, but, you know, I'm just doing whatever I can so that I can be on the field next week and hopefully work my way into a game day 23 list. Hey, Sarah, uh, we were just talking before about this Fijiana side that's come into Super W. They've got to be a huge threat to the success that the the Boratars women have had over these past few years. Uh, Are they being taken seriously in camp? Yeah, they're they're definitely a team that we um, have taken note of. The thing about uh, the Fijiana draw is that we did have them in a trial match um, about two years ago and we had some, some success. Um, against them, but what they've shown us this year, particularly in the 2022 season, is that they're here to make a statement. Like they, in their preseason trials, they wiped up Queensland Reds in the opening two rounds. They've just been such a formidable side. So for us, it's uncharted territory to have them in the competition. Um, and with the score lines that they've been showing, um, it's a it's a real threat to us, and we are taking them um, quite seriously. We have them in two weeks' time, so everything that we're doing is a is a building block towards that. And Sarah, what about this afternoon's game? You've got the men as the curtain raiser to your clash against the Force uh, women. What are, what are you expecting from the, the Force ladies? And and who can we look out for for the, the Waratahs? Because we know that Mahali Murphy, she's in form. She got a hat-trick last week. But who have you got your eye on this uh, this afternoon? Yeah, really excited for the fixture this afternoon. Um, funnily enough for us, we didn't get to worse, um, Western Australia last year because they had to go home before round two and came around because of COVID. Um, so we're really looking forward to, to having them and hosting them here on home turf. Someone that I will be looking out for is Katrina Barker. Our number 12 last week, she was named as captain um, in the absence of uh, Grace Hamilton, who was started on the bench because she was coming back from injury. But for me, she's just, she just strings things together. She's, what she does is probably a thankless job, but um, a lot of magic happens once Katrina gets a, a touch on the ball. So I'm really excited to see how she'll lead the girls um, around the park tonight. Well, we're a big fan of Cheech on this show, that is for sure, Katrina Barker. I think she was best back for the Waratahs women's last year as well, and she's shown she some was. great form uh, going into this season. Sarah, thank you for your time this morning. Good luck out there today if you're working with Drew as well. Yeah, I'll see you out there, Sarah. And uh, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll make sure to touch base throughout the season with you and get some updates on Super W. Please do. Love your work, guys. Talk Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. And that now brings us to Hot and Cold. Because you're hot and you're cold. Hot and cold on the show and go. Well, 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 well. I tell you what. Is it a sauna? Is it an ice bath? You tell me. Well, I can tell you. Well, Drew, tell you who's, tell you who's hot in the world of rugby for me right now. Mm-hmm. Pete Samu. Oh, love so it. hot right oh, now. So hot right now. <laughs> I, I love that he, he tucks his shirt in. Not yeah. many do these days. I think it's a fashion statement, and that's cool. I think he's just got like a real elder statesman sort of 
um, aura about him when he when he plays. Like I don't know, it's, I think he gets respect from that. But then just the form that he's in. I mean, we know that he's he's strong over the ball. He's a good link back rower as well between mm. the forwards and backs. He, uh, he he plays a good role out wide for the Brumbies uh, when he parks himself in that five meter channel when they have their sort of set plays. But he's in some good form. He would have been quite peeved when uh, he didn't make the World Cup squad after all the efforts that Michael Checker. Uh, went to yeah, to get him yeah I mean, I think he spoke quite openly about yeah. um, not being impressed with being left out. Um, but, you know, sometimes you can go either way with that. You can um, let it affect you and, and throw your toys. But uh, Pete Samu's done the opposite. He's, he's used it as some type of motivation, perhaps, and because he's, he's in some really good form. I'll tell you who's ice cold. Who? I'll tell you who's iced. Oh, disgustingly cold. Andre 3000? <laughs> Close to it. <laughs> Baden Kerr. The, oh my! Well, more more specifically, his attempted his tackle. attempted tackle. Yeah. It was it was under sixes stuff when yeah. Jordan Pattaya just brushed past him. It it was not a good look. Look, he just he didn't commit to it whatsoever. I mean, he probably you know when I was talking about earlier saying I'd hate to sit there opposing Caleb Clark. He's probably sitting there going, I'd hate to be right right opposite Jordan Pattaya with that much space and time and momentum and and uh, yeah, he's he's. Attempt probably indicated that he wasn't really in it. It reminded me a little bit of Andrew Merton's oh. attempt for, for, for catching that ball out of the helicopter. I thought last you were about to say it reminded me of you when you played <laughs> about me. Um, yeah, look, Mertz was also trying to do everything he can not to touch that ball coming out of the helicopter. So very, very similar. But you know who was also hot for me? Seru Uru. Oh yeah, he yeah, was yeah, yeah. really good last night. Big, like he got his he's got his chance to start at number six. I think the the back row is much more balanced uh, with Harry Wilson, the hard ball runner, Fraser McWright over the ball, and then Seru Uru. We, we spoke to Brad Thorne on the desk last night after the game, and he just said that he's a natural footballer. He sees things, he reacts, and then we also spoke to Seru Uru because he was the the man of the match. And just the, the last line out, he got up and stole the ball from the Fijian and drew aside to seal the game. And I asked him, I said, mate, what was it that, uh, was it a predetermined call that you were going to get up? And he said, well, no, I'd, I was actually standing at the back of the line out. And I just saw in the eyes of the Fijian boys who it was going to go to. So again, body language, right? Body he, language. he read the body language and he got a cue from one of the Fijian and Druid players, shifted to the front of the line out, got his lifters to lift him up and stole the, stole the ball. So it's those big moments that they'll look back on. It was not a pretty, pretty win from the Reds, but it was an important one. And sometimes those types of moments are really crucial in the success of your season. And, and Sarah Uru really stood up and he, he, was, he was hot. He was hot. I said, oh, oh, I just got a shiver down my spine. It must be cold in here. Uh, tell you who was, who, was, who was in the freezer for me, the Highlanders from New Zealand. And I quite like that. I quite like that that's cold because that is just a target on their back for our Australian teams as we, as we face them. Yeah, look, they're, they're definitely not on uh, sort of the same sort of level as a lot of the other uh, New Zealand franchises. They didn't the look as slick. There, no. was, there was a lot of drop board, just didn't seem to link. And... and I'm okay with it. They're, they're more your sort of hardworking type of um, team over there. Like you've got the flair and the and the class, well, the flair of the Blues and the and the Hurricanes and the class of the Crusaders, and then you've got the just the gritty, hardworking Highlanders. And at the moment, it's just they're they're not getting the uh, the results that they they want. And they are they, well, they're they're from Dunedin. They're down Invercargill Way. They're, it's cold down there, so well, it, it's it all makes sense. It <laughs> all fitting. makes sense. Well, they've got a they've got a big game against Moana Pacifica next week. We'll be back right after the break on the show and go, and we'll preview next week with you too. You're listening to the Show and Go with Jimmy and Drew on SEN.
First up in Super Rugby, we have the Highlanders versus Moana Pacifica. I think that will be a gritty game. Yeah, hopefully we get to see Moana Pacifica come out and play. I mean, the COVID issues weren't theirs this week, so hopefully we get to see them for only the second time this season. Um, and like we just mentioned, the Highlanders aren't the form team in New Zealand, so that'll be a, a really good competitive game, I feel. Huge one, Brumbies versus Reds. That is going to be a showstopper. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, that, that's the big, probably the big game of the round. Um, Brumbies v the Reds. Brumbies are in form. Uh, the Reds got away with a, a, a gritty win. Uh, we even asked Brad Thorne, where do you start analysing last night's performance? He said, I don't even know. It was just so much. It was frantic. It was chaotic. But, uh, look, that's that's one. Make sure you tune in for that one. Uh, the Drua versus Force, another one uh, that I think we'll, we'll really know a lot more about after today's game. But that will be uh, another cracker. This is going to be a stellar week. Yeah, look, up. the Fijian and Drua, they, like, they're, they're also a problem, right? Like, if, given even this, even though they're just a new side, they've just they've found their their rhythm and their cohesion, and they're just they're progressing each week. And that that to me means that this game against the Force again, we don't know what's going to happen this afternoon, but that'll be uh, that'll be strong. And then look, then the Hurricanes and the Chiefs. This one, I I feel like this one's going to be floodgates will open. They'll get plenty of tries for Tonga. Yep. Um, there'll be it'll be a high scoring game. Both teams like to play with wit, like to play in that fractured turnover type of footy. Um, that'll be an exciting North game Island clash. Yeah, that, that will have some heat about it. Yeah, and then we've got the Waratahs v the Rebels. So the uh, Waratahs, again, we'll see how they go this afternoon, how they fare against the Force, um, but against the Rebels who are, you know, like we've said a number of times, and we don't have to keep bearing down on it, but they're struggling. So uh, the Waratahs, who knows? Could be, after, two, could after, be two nice wins in a row, exactly, hopefully, yeah, after we'll, today. We'll see, we'll see what happens this afternoon, but, yeah, that, that's another good. Either way, it's going to be a good game to watch, but then also yeah, Crusaders-Blues. This is that's the, the other the juicy round. one, that yeah. Brumbies-Reds, but then Crusaders-Blues. These are the two games yeah, you make sure yeah. that you do not miss. Yeah, absolutely. You've also got your Six Nations with England versus France to see who if France are going to get this Grand Slam title, but, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an exciting week coming up in rugby next week. That's the show for today, the show and go on SEN with myself, Jimmy Galvin, and Drew Mitchell. Hope you can join us next Sunday at 10am, and we'll see you there.